the Lord feeds us. Yesterday there was a beautiful wedding in town with a couple graduates of the NAU and the Newman Center. And it was awesome to see this. And even the, one of the family members commented on, you know, maybe they're, maybe they're a little young. Um, but like having walked with them and like so many couples, that to get to a day like that, it involves sacrifice. It involves trying to do it right, which means I have to say no to myself at times. It means I have to say no to other people. I have to deal with hurt from the past. There's all sorts of, of sacrifices there. But at the end of the day, they make, in marriage, we make a sacrifice of ourselves. We, we go all in. But like any sacrifice that the Lord asks of us, He always wishes to give us so much more in exchange. And so seeing this couple, the bride had tears in her eyes as she expressed her vows. And the man later, the husband, as we, we sat there on the dance floor and talked a little bit, um, he was saying that like, you could just see that his heart was so full and there was so much gratitude and love. That yes, they had given so much, but the Lord had fed them. The Lord had provided for them in such a larger way. This week we begin the first Sunday of five Sundays in which we will walk through the sixth chapter of John, where the Lord gives us his greatest gift, himself, the Eucharist. And so already Jesus is trying to tell us something. He's preparing us for what he wants to give us. And so we look at the story. It says a large crowd followed him because of the signs he was performing on the sick. So they're following him because they don't want to miss the show. They want, they want to go where the action is. But it's interesting because they're kind of on the outside. They're, they're watching, but they're not necessarily invested. Something changes when we're invested. It's like some, a student who comes to Mass every Sunday, and I'm like, hey, you want to go on the retreat? Like, no. Do you want to do Bible study? No. Because it's much more comfortable to stay on the outside. When I've sacrificed nothing, it costs me nothing. Then Jesus initiates with Philip. He says, Philip, where can we buy enough food for them to eat? It didn't say that they were hungry. But Jesus knew their needs even before they were expressed. And he was already working a plan to satisfy them. You and I have all sorts of needs. We experience them. We're, we get hungry. We get thirsty. We, we feel lonely. We feel hungry for meaning and purpose. And it's precisely in that hungering that God is preparing us to receive. But even before we're fully hungry or whatever, God is already working a plan to satisfy us. It's already at work. The other thing I see in this is Jesus, he doesn't just care about the ultimate meaning. He doesn't just care about our salvation, of which he cares greatly. But God also cares about our daily needs. God, how am I going to afford the rent this month? God, how am I going to pay for tuition? Uh, you know, like, 
God cares about all those things, and he wants to provide. So he asks Philip this question. And you notice that in this question, he doesn't say to Philip, where can I buy enough food? Or, Philip, where can you buy enough food? Because I think sometimes we feel like that, like God is asking something of me, like I have to do it all. The, the, by the way, the feeling that I have to do it all, it's all on my shoulders, is not from God. That's not how he works, because what does he say? He says, where can we buy enough food? That God wants to do it with us. When he invites us to share in his plan, it's his plan that he's doing. He just wants to do it with us, but it's a we plan. It's not all on my shoulders, and, and it's not all on Jesus' shoulders where I stand with the crowd and just watch, watch him do his magic, and, just, and then I go home. But he wants to do it with me. And so it involves something. It's going to demand something, my involvement, my sacrifice. And so Philip's worried. He says 200 days' wages would not be enough for them to have a little. Lord, what you're asking is too much of me. You ask too much. Where Jesus might respond to us and say, you expect too little. And so Andrew says, well, there's a boy here, a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what good are these? How come it's a boy? How come it's a child? A child doesn't have the truest sense of reality. Because if a child were wise, he would, he would put aside some of the food for himself for later. But, but a child knows that he has to rely on others. A child is more dependent. A child is innocent. A child is more trusting. That a child sees Jesus as something, and a child says, here's everything I have. And because of this, because of this child giving all that he has, because of this work together with Jesus, all are fed. And when they're done, they collect it all, and there's 12 wicker baskets. And there's an abundance. But notice this phrase, gather the fragments so that nothing will be wasted. When you and I offer something to the Lord, nothing is wasted. When we make a sacrifice, when we make a gift of ourselves, of our means or, or anything, nothing is wasted. For every moment that a couple who's dating says no to their lust and desires, God rewards that on their wedding day 30, 60, and 100 fold. Nothing is wasted. Anybody who's given to the Lord, the Lord always blesses. So how do we share in this? At every Mass, you and I bring forward, from the community, bread and wine. It's our offering. It's, it's simple. It's bread and wine. But it, but it symbolizes so much more. It symbolizes the offering of myself. That in a sense, you could imagine, uh, Im imagine as the, the paten, the saboria, the you know, the, the, as they come up and the gifts are placed on the altar, that what's placed on the altar eventually becomes Jesus. And I want to be with Jesus. 
that our invitation is to offer ourselves with Jesus to the Father. And so, yes, it's bread and wine, but it, it, it symbolizes us. It also, the other thing that symbolizes us, you know, we, the collection basket goes around. And it's not just because we need the lights on, but we do, you know, like, but, but, but today, what, what's closer to our hearts for most people than our money? What is our money? Our money is our security. I might need some for later. And so we, we offer our money as symbolic of something close to my heart, but I'm offering myself. This is a gift. This is a sacrifice that I offer in union with Jesus to the Father. If we're not thinking of this, if we offer nothing, we receive nothing. I remember hearing this story about a priest. One day this young man came up to a, a wise priest and said, I, I don't get anything out of Mass. And the priest, without asking any questions or anything, looked at this young man and said, well, okay, you don't take anything away from you? You don't take anything away because you don't bring anything. I don't get anything out of Mass. You don't take anything away because you don't bring anything. That the offering, as we offer ourselves, we open up ourselves to receive the gift of God himself. And so he's saying you don't receive much because you don't sacrifice much. Married couples can see this in a different way, too, where they can say, you, you see young people today, many who say, well, I don't want to get married, I don't want to get tied down. And, and happily married couples look at that and say, you don't get it. <laughs> You're not going to get anything. You don't receive anything until you go all in. If you don't sacrifice, if you don't give, you're never, you're never going to receive. And so you can stand on the sidelines and just sample and taste, but, but you're not going to receive that full gift. And so the, the gift, the exchange that God invites us to do is, we see this in the first reading, we hear this with this young boy and the disciples, is God can save the world on his own, but he chooses to do it with us. God wishes to feed us, but he wishes to do it with us. That is precisely in the sacrifice and in the giving that I open myself up to the gift. Two stories. There's this uh, family I was talking to from Phoenix, and they had, done, uh, they had participated in the diocesan campaign for evangelization and discipleship, how can we as a people of God help more people come to know the Lord and his love for them? And so they were on the committee, right? And so one day, you know, the priest shows up and he says, okay, it's, it's your turn to sacrifice. It's your turn to make the gift so that others can be fed. And he, he made the ask of them. And they said their response was they started laughing. They said, you think we have that much money? <laughs> like, like, there's no way. There's no way. There's no way. And so he's like, well, no, go pray about it, you know? See what God... The answer is between you and God. I'm just giving you an opportunity, you know? And so um, they went, and for several weeks, they went back and forth among themselves. And um, finally they came back, and they're like, we can't do it, we can't do it. And then in the meeting with the priest, they said, fine, we'll do it. <laughs> you know, like, we're all in, you know? Like, God gives us everything, 
We're all in. And they said, the, the wife was telling me, the next week she goes into the high school where she volunteers, and the principal saw her and said, hey, um, I know that your daughter graduated, but are you still going to volunteer? Are you planning on being involved next year? She's like, I, I want to. Um, I love it here. I receive so much by giving here. I, I want to be here next year. And the principal's like, good. So next year, we want you to do the exact same thing, except the difference is now we're going to pay you. And this couple, as they told me this, they, it, it wasn't about the gift at all. It wasn't like, oh, look what we're doing. They were so full and so grateful because they're like, look at how God answers our every need. Look at how God wants to provide for us. But he, 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 he wants us to be all in with him. This past week, I flew back east for the solemn profession for the Dominican sisters, Mary Mother of the Eucharist. After nine years of being involved, that's when they make their solemn profession. And I don't know if you know much about this religious order. It's pretty amazing. It started in 1997, so it's 21 years old. And um, Mr. Domino's, Tom Moynihan, he donated all this land for them. And, and so you go to this place, and this in, you could tell it's like brand new. This incredible large uh, monastery with an indoor gymnasium. And like all, this, like all these dorms and eating, like... And I'm like, wow, this place is huge. And they said, yeah, but there's a problem. So what's that? They said, um, we're already up to like 140 sisters. We've outgrown it. And when all the sisters come back at, for our meetings and stuff like that, we have to set up cots in the hallways because there's too many sisters. And so here's this young lady that I went to go see along with the other sisters. That when she was 16 years old, she graduated high school early. And she recognized this drawing, this invitation from the Lord to follow him completely as a religious sister. She's from here in Flagstaff. And, and if people look at her and they're like, you're so young. Like, don't, you can't do that. You have your whole life. You're too young to make a decision like that. But what she recognized was that God doesn't want the leftovers. God wants the first fruits. God wants the sacrifice of all in that opens us to be, to be able to receive his sacrifice of all in for us. That's the invitation. That's what we're going to be hearing over the next five weeks of Jesus who gives us everything. But he invites us to come not empty-handed, but to come with, with our with our our lives, with our works, with our, our energy, our time, to give him everything. And so Jesus wants to give us all. Jesus wants to feed all. And he invites us to do that with him.